0: Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 172. Welcome to
1: EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John
0: Dumas. Fire Nation, let's join together and thank our sponsor, Audible, as they make our daily show possible. Support Entrepreneur on Fire and go grab your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's Audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Lee LaFever. Lee, are you prepared to ignite?
1: Let's do it, John.
0: <laughs> All right. Lee is the founder of Comicraft.com and author of The Art of Explanation. In 2007, he saw an opportunity to explain technology using short and simple animated videos. Since then, his company inspired the explainer video industry, earned over 50 million online views, and is now focused on helping others become better explainers. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Lee, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you. And then take another minute and tell us about your business.
1: Sure. Um, I live in Seattle, Washington, uh, with my wife, Sachi. I'm um, from originally from North Carolina and uh, moved to Seattle in 1998 and uh, founded Common Craft about 10 years ago this year, which I really can't hardly believe. Um, and I uh, have always had an interest in communication and technology and just in the past, you know, five years or so, well, maybe a little bit longer than that, have we really uh, been fascinated with this idea of explanation? And that's what kind of drives everything that we do right now.
0: Love that. And we're definitely going to be delving more to that later in the interview, Lee. But before we do, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a bang, with a success quote, get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away.
1: Sure. Um a quote that really means a lot to me is from George Bernard Shaw and he once said that the biggest single problem in communication is the illusion that it happened. And I think that that means a lot to me because uh working in the world that we do we see a lot of people who struggle with communication and I think the source of that struggle is often people feeling like that people are not understanding what they're saying. And I think that that, that illusion that, uh, that Shaw talks about is a, a big problem where we assume that we're being clear when oftentimes it's just not the case.
0: So how have you actually taken that down to the ground level, Lee, and used that mantra in your everyday life?
1: Well, I think that, uh, you know, if you write a book called The Art of Explanation, then you better be doing some good explaining. <laughs> yeah, I that. So um, part of my everyday life is uh, working hard to, uh, you know, explain ideas clearly in my work. It's something that's a part of my everyday communication. And, and something that I often look for in media is, you know, how well are people able to relate ideas and information um, through um, explanations? And I think it's, it's looking at the world through that lens, you you can kind of see the illusion being there that that people um, sometimes are bad at making those assumptions about whether or not they're being clear or not.
0: Well, Lee, as a little side note, I just love that little light bulb that went off in your head back in 2007, because I got to be honest with you at this point, if I get to a website and I don't see a little explainer video, a little play button right at the top, I'm disappointed because I know that I'm going to have to sit there and read through a bunch of text to try to figure out what's going on on this website, and I don't want to do that. I want a hand-packaged visual rendition about what kind of content this site has, or if it's a site that I know, like a PayPal, I want a nice little package of exactly what this specific page is going to do for me, or what this product is going to do for me, so Kudos to you for that. And again, I can't (laughs) wait to get more into that later in the interview. I hope I didn't steal your aha moment thunder. But before we do, I definitely want to talk about failure because failure is prevalent in every entrepreneur's journey. I fail every day. You fail every day on certain levels. That's what entrepreneurs do. We fail and we learn from that and we grow stronger. But take us back to a time in your journey when you really. Failed big when you despaired, or when you just came up against this challenge that you really had to work hard to overcome. And how'd you overcome that?
1: Sure, sure. You know, I think that I was just talking to Sachi about this question. That's my wife and business partner. We kind of collaborate on everything. And um, I think you're really right that, you know, her first reaction was, you know, we fail every day. Like, there's just part (laughs) of everything that we do. We're always doing experiments, little experiments here and there. Yeah, Sashi is brilliant. (laughs) Um, But I think that one of the bigger things that we think about in the last few years was, uh, you know, we um, in the past have done a lot of custom work where companies hire us to make a video that explains their product. And... I can get into a little bit more of, of how that evolved, but there was a point where we decided that we would like to work with another video producer who would handle the custom side of the business while we could focus on building videos for our library. So um, we saw this great opportunity to, you know, we thought that we could hand off sort of um, our know-how and our sort of drawing, the artwork that appears in our videos to another company to make, common craft videos and um, we saw we all were very excited about it and had all these positive uh, feelings about it but when it really came down to it um, the process was much much harder than we ever anticipated and it really um, showed Sanchi and I that we were making assumptions about all the things that we're doing that make a common craft video work and assuming that those would be clear to somebody else who could just kind of jump in and, and make one of these videos. It's just paper cutouts on a whiteboard. How hard could it be? Um, and it was a huge challenge um, to relate what we do to another party and then have them pull it off at a level that we felt reflected our brand. And um, I think that we spent a year or you know over a year try- trying to make it work and eventually had to just back out and, and kind of chalk it up to, um, a learning experience and realize that, you know, to really, uh, reflect the brand and the video style of video that we wanted to put into the world, that we couldn't work with that team that not to say it couldn't be done, but, um, it really represented a lot of wasted time. And I think that it, it showed us that, you know, we really, um, love what we do in making the videos and that we feel like we felt that it was best for common craft at the time to really be um the producers for and United to be the ones actually making it i think it's it's art in that way and we consider ourselves you know um the people who who do that for the common craft brand right now
0: you know lee as Seth Godin put so eloquently in the dip so many entrepreneurs enter this inevitable dip and they have such a hard time down in that valley and they end up giving up before they actually find that success. And oftentimes they give up on the doorstep. But he makes another point in that book that's so critical as well is that there there are times when entrepreneurs need to know when to cut ties, when to pull back and to redirect and to pivot. So you obviously felt that at that time that you needed to just cut ties and pivot. So what steps did you take at that time, because it wasn't easy, obviously. You went into this with high hopes. The company that you were working with had high hopes as well. Take us through, walk us through step-by-step with you what you did to cut ties.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I'll take that example of working with this company and extend it to a bigger idea, which we looked at as, what's the future of Common Craft? Are we going to build a studio that works with customers on a services basis they need a video we make a video for them we get paid when that video is done or do we see another opportunity that is more on the product side to 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 create a library of videos that are essentially digital products that are useful to teachers and trainers and companies in in as educational materials as tools and a few years ago we realized that the business that we really wanted to be in the one that we felt like was going to be best for our future was the product side of of making of creating this content that's licensable and creates passive income over over a long period and the challenge there was that custom videos pay today we could we could build a business and, and, and create uh, you know a good level of income through doing services but in order to scale that business, to get bigger, we would have to hire more people and create a studio. And we like being small. We really, really have a, a strong orientation around being small and realize that through only through licensing could we have a product that could actually scale and create much more cash flow without having a lot of employees. So we had a fundamental philosophy about what was the future of Common Craft, services or products. And the, the way we looked at that was... We make the, we're making a long-term bet because we've decided to go the product route, the licensing membership model route. And it's a long bet. It means that we have to give up some cash flow today doing custom work on the bet that we can build a library, resources, tools that will pay us through a membership for maybe two or three years down the road. So in some ways, we're in sort of a dip right now because we're not doing custom work and we're still building our membership service to a level that we think it can be. So we're still in the middle of seeing if that bet's going to pay off. The signs are good, but the bet is still something that's that's sort of on the table.
0: And especially in this day and age where everything is changing and evolving so quickly, oftentimes the longer the bet you're making the greater the odds. But at the same time, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So you're definitely going after the big prize, that continuity, that recurring, that membership income. I definitely commend you for that. And it's a perfect segue into our next topic, which is the aha moment. It's the other end of the spectrum from failures, from challenges and obstacles. Lee, I mean, you're an inspirational guy. I know that you have aha moments every single day on certain levels. You shared a bunch with us already in this interview. But take us back to a time when you really had this big light bulb go off. The clouds part of the sun just shine <laughs> through. Share with us that yeah. moment, Lee. Take us there. We want to be on the ground with you when you had that moment. And then how would you turn that into success?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I think the year was probably around 2004, Um, I founded Common Craft in 2003, and at the time, I was doing online community consulting. I had been an online community manager and founded an online community program at a software company um, in around 1999 or 2000, did that and created Common Craft to work with companies on online community strategy, um, what would now be social media. (laughs) And uh, I was at a conference down in Silicon Valley, and... It was a small group of maybe 40 or 50 people, and there was a CEO presenting one morning. And this is the time when, uh, when RSS was starting to be understood among the technical people, but hadn't really gotten out into the mainstream. Okay. You, could ar- you could argue that it still hasn't, but yeah. um, <laughs> uh, the CEO was presenting and mentioned RSS and went on about how great it was. And a gentleman in the conference raised his hand and said, you know, what is RSS? And the CEO looked at him, you know, very um, sort of matter of fact, and said, "Oh, RSS is um, an XML-based content syndication format." And I think everybody in the room just kind of reacted like, "What in the world was that? Like that—that <laughs> that was not uh, a good answer to that question." And I and I, I saw for the first time that this is a problem that the people who really understand these technologies and RSS is a good example because it's it's generally free it's pretty easy to use and there's lots of selection out there you know what's keeping people from adopting it and what i realized was that the biggest factor to adoption wasn't the price or the design or the availability it was the explanation that the The technologists were doing the explaining, and they didn't really know how to do it very well. They did, they were doing it kind of poorly, and I thought, you know, if I could figure out a way to explain something like RSS better, then um, that could be something. I didn't know what yet, <laughs> but I, I thought that there was an opportunity there, and um, started writing blog posts. You know, there, you, there are blog posts on commoncraft.com that's called RSS in Plain English that were my very first explanations. And the first video we made in 2007, the first Common Craft video was called RSS in Plain English. And it was based on that experience of realizing that there's a huge opportunity in simply communicating differently about, especially, especially technology, because there's a problem that exists when people don't understand it because of how it's explained.
0: Wow. I love that. And what would you actually attribute the next step that really catapulted that aha moment into success in the eyes of the public?
1: Well, I think the, the, that first video, RSS in plain English, uh, was our jumping off point. It was um, you know, a, a, a viral hit at the time. The day that we published it was one of the more exciting days of my life. I'd never had anything uh, go viral like that before. And we were both just sort of uh, head over heels. High fives um, all around. Yeah, it was really exciting. Um, but then we kind of uh, thought, you know, can we do it again? Was, was this a fluke or is this something we can do? And we still had no idea that we would build a business on it. It was just kind of these fun videos we were doing. Um, But then we started to get contact by businesses and our second custom client was Google uh, for a video called Google Docs in plain English. And that was when we realized, okay, this is a business. We can do this. (laughs) Um, So that was a big aha moment. And within, you know, five or six months of our first video, we had stopped doing any other kind of work we were doing to focus specifically on video. Um, And the next aha moment from there was realizing that Corporate trainers and teachers and business people were using the videos as a part of their work and wanting versions of them that were especially built for that kind of environment. And that was when we started to think about licensing and offering people versions of the videos that were, uh, you know, especially built for education versus, you know, viral success, so to speak.
0: So, Lee, if Google contacted me and said, I want you to make A Google Docs in plain English video for me. I would have said, "Okay, that will be one million (laughs) dollars." Thinking that they would have happily paid it. What did you charge Google?
1: (laughs) That's a good. That's a good question. Um, It was at the time that that kind of video, um, you know. This is in 2007. You, YouTube had just taken off. So um, there was not really any way for us to know what the market was for such a thing. Like that kind of thing just hadn't really existed in that form. That's why um, a
0: million dollars sounds pretty good to me.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. Um so I think that we had done one one project before it, and our pricing for custom videos has always been sort of a process of of testing the ceiling. Yeah, and this was very early in our, our time, but um, I think it was over ten thousand dollars.
0: Okay, we'll take that. I appreciate you uh, <laughs> throwing some kind of number out there because, sure. you know, like I said, I think one million sounds a little better, but ten thousand is ten thousand. So actually,
1: if I remember correctly, they they drove a pretty hard bargain. Oh, I can imagine those Google. Google, I think, is is good like that. They don't. Uh, they don't mess around.
0: They're gonna look after their shareholders. I'm one of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Lee, let's move on to the next topic. A question that I love, and I'm really interested to hear your answer to it. Have you had an "I've made it" moment?
1: I think we, bo- Sachi and I, both struggle with, with that because, um, in some ways, our business right now is such that. Um, every time somebody signs up for a common craft membership, there's a tiny part of me that feels like we've made it, (laughs) that there, there are people who will sign up and, and get value out of what we're doing. Um, early, early on, there were some, some, I've made it moments making custom videos. And I think that we've always been challenged to find a different way that, that like I was saying before, the custom video model is something that we could, we could do and that we could have grown a business around that, but it just wasn't the business we wanted to be in. And now I think that when we think about that I've made it moment, it's really feeling like that we've achieved the goal of creating a business around an idea that video is a product that has value that is licensable that members can get value from if they become a membership, and you know just in the last year or so we felt like that doing nothing but our membership can support us um, and plus plus more, um, and that's a that's a moment where we feel like okay um, it's working on a level that we can live on and it can give us the lifestyle we want and and that's kind of like um, the baseline that's the thing that we've we've been striving for is to make that. that point and now it's just a point now it's just a matter of um, being able to build that part of the business to the level that we would have been making custom videos so to speak
0: great answer and I always love hearing my guest answers because they're always different. Some people say I'll never have an I've made a moment John. Others say John I have an I've made a moment every single day. And to yep. me, I always love to talk to Fire Nation about the journey, about appreciating those milestones, those achievements and accomplishments along the way. So, Lee, as a follow-up, are you enjoying your journey?
1: I am. I, I really, um, you know, Sachi and I talk about Common Craft all day, every day. You know, we, we talk, we, we tell our friends, you know, we work every day um Saturdays and Sundays but it's not you know people imagine when i say that i work on a saturday that i'm like poring over a spreadsheet or budgeting or something like that but it's it's so not like that to us like it makes my day better to 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 get a little bit done you know to to think about common craft a little bit because uh, that's sort of the beauty of it and and why we've designed common craft the way we have and it's it's based on an idea that common craft is a source of happiness for us it's a way for us to live the lifestyle we want to live that's why we didn't go the services route because we don't want employees we want to be a small business that's just the two of us and um, it it does make us happy it is making us happy and I think it will for a long time and that's really on a really fundamental level what common craft is all about for us is um, is, ha- is, is our own happiness, and we make decisions, business decisions, based on what will make us happy. And, and part of that is that if if it's not making us happy, it makes the rest of our lives unhappy because it it's <laughs> there. There's just us, <laughs> like there. You know that we. Um, it, it becomes a part of everything we do from that point. So happiness is paramount for us.
0: Great insights, Lee. And when somebody's passionate about what they do, when they're truly fulfilling their authentic self, it really just exudes within their work. And it's so obvious that you have that passion and Common Craft is better for it. And I've dealt with you in the past because you have sponsored four episodes of Entrepreneur on Fire. So Fire Nation is very familiar with you, Common Craft, The Art of Explanation, and just your passion just rings true and it just resonates so well with people who hear it and who hear your voice. And that's why I'm so glad that we've got you on Entrepreneur on Fire so they can hear okay. your passion, your enjoyment of what you do day to day. And this is really <laughs> what people are striving to, to create, The to listen to Entrepreneur on Fire is this okay. lifestyle business building around their business. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. I am, I am passionate about it for sure. <laughs>
0: So, Lee, let's move into the current business. Let's move into Common Craft. And you've mentioned it more than once. I love what you're talking about, but I would just kind of like to get a deeper understanding of exactly what the Common Craft membership is and what surrounds that and how it allows just you and Sachi to control this huge project.
1: <laughs> sure. Common Craft right now is a membership service that's mainly aimed at what you could say are professional educators. Um, These are teachers and trainers and and corporate trainers, I would say. And what we offer them is an annual subscription that gives them access to um, a library of what we call ready-made videos. So these are videos that we've produced that are not, not usually about a specific product so much as an idea. We recently did a video about, called Online Citizenship, which is basically um, kind of like looking at trolling on the web and, and kind of just being a good person on the web and the, the value of that. And I think that that's an example of what teachers are trying to teach young people today. Um, but, but aside from the videos that you can actually watch for free on our website, what we offer members is the ability to embed and download the videos. And that way, the videos are a product that they can take into a learning management system or take into an intranet or into a PowerPoint presentation um, in white-label form so that it looks, it looks more like their video and use it to teach others. You know, We're kind of a, a business-to-business situation where we're not selling our content to the people who view the video. We're selling our content to people who use the video to teach others. So that's one part of what we do is the, the videos. Um, just recently, we realized that people were wanting access to our artwork. You know, every time we create a video, there's hundreds of of uh, what end what end up as pieces of paper on a whiteboard, but are also live as digital images. So now you can become a member of Common Craft and access, you know, over 800. Um, what we call cutouts that are in downloadable form that you can use to create your own presentations or videos. We we see that they're our own little brand of, of clip art, <laughs> sort of, that's all in Common Craft style. Um, so that's the second thing we do as a part of membership. And the third thing, which is just before being released, is what we call know how. And this is a set of guides and resources that are like downloadable PDFs and videos that are meant to help people put cutouts and our know-how to work to actually creating their own explanations, whether that's in a PowerPoint or software, some other kind of software, or their own videos or whatever it is. That's really our focus um, in the future is is empowering people to become explainers themselves.
0: Lee, that was just some great explaining of my question about the membership. So, you've obviously mastered that topic, and I really appreciate that. And Man, I just love your mindset with creating this leverage in a scalable product and service. It's just, it's great and it's inspirational to, to myself, to all the listeners. And I could talk about this for another hour because it's just something that I'm really passionate about and what I'm looking to build Entrepreneur on Fire, the brand into. And speaking of brand, let's take a second here to once again thank our sponsor, Audible. They are the reason this content will always be free for you, Fire Nation. If you love Entrepreneur on Fire, you will love the 100,000-plus audiobooks Audible has. And spoiler alert, Lee is about to recommend Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. You can go grab this audiobook for free and get a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. I have been an Audible member for years now, and there are a number of reasons. They are the only place to go for audiobooks. Audible provides the best value, the best customer care, and the best selection of titles. So go grab an audiobook today and support Entrepreneur on Fire by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash fire. That's audiblepodcast.com slash fire. Okay time to move into the lightning round, which is actually my favorite round because I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sure. (laughs) All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: You know, I think it was time uh, was probably the biggest thing. Uh, I started Common Craft in my late 20s and I hadn't yet developed something that I felt like was a skill or an interest that I could turn into something uh, that could be a business. But um, once I discovered online communities in around 1999 and, and read the book, The Clue Train Manifesto, around that time, it lit this fire in me that like online communities were going to be the next big thing. And, and that became the, the focus of what I would do in the future that eventually became Common Craft. So I think it was just the, the accrual of interest and skills around one specific thing.
0: What is the best business advice you've ever received?
1: You know, I think it sounds trite <laughs> and you've probably had other people say it, but my dad, my father, who has been an entrepreneur his whole life, had, uh, has told me many times growing up that, Lee, you've got to do something you love. And I think that he's lived that in his life. And I think that hopefully I'm upholding the family <laughs> mantra by, by sticking, sticking to something that we love.
0: Well, if your father asked me, John, is Lee enjoying what he does? Does he have passion? I would say yes.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. I'm I'm a happy guy.
0: Lee, what's working for you right now?
1: A bit earlier, I mentioned that we're going to be sharing our know-how and- um, that's something that we've sort of guarded in the past. We weren't sure if we really wanted to let go of some of the things that we've learned about creating media specifically um, in the style of Common Craft or what's called Common Craft style. And and now I think just in the past six months. My mind has been changed completely around that. And I'm, what's working for me right now is creating these guides and these screencasts and these materials that I think finally reveal all the things that we've learned. And that's something that gives me a lot of satisfaction is to finally be able to, to, to open that up to the world and, and hopefully inspire other people to, um, to do some of the things that we've done. And uh, that, that's really working is is playing with tools like ScreenFlow and and kind of getting back to some good old fashioned kind of educational materials, <laughs> I guess teaching what we've what we've learned.
0: Lee, I love that answer for a number of reasons. I mean, in this day and age, with things evolving so fast and people learning things so quickly, if you are not sharing your knowledge that you've gained, even if it's very specific, somebody else is going to because they can get out there, they can yep. gain this knowledge. And that's exactly what I have recently just done, which is why I love your answer with Podcast Launch, which is my new mm-hmm. book that was just published on the Amazon platform. I did 15 screen flow tutorials of everything that I've done to build entrepreneur on fire from zero to over hundred and fifty thousand unique downloads every single month in over 140 countries. I share the my secrets and tips of how to get into iTunes new and noteworthy and stay there. And people are like, John, you're crazy. Why are you doing that? And I'm like, listen, it's not rocket science. And if I don't share it, somebody else will. And people are going to love me for sharing it. So I'm going to be that information source. And that's what you're doing with Common Craft.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's a great idea.
0: So Lee, if you could recommend a book for Fire Nation, what would it be?
1: Well, of course, aside from my own book, (laughs) The Art of Explanation.
0: (laughs) Which will be linked up in the show notes.
1: Sure, sure. You know, A book that um, meant a lot to me... Um, that came out a few years ago. is called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. Yes. And, and that really was formative when we were first getting started with Common Craft and I think was one that, um, you know, I really recommend often. Do
0: you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners?
1: You know, one of the things that I use every day and that seems to solve a problem that has vexed me for a long time is uh, having to do lists that sync up everywhere that I need them. <laughs> and I use Wunderlist for that. And it's spelled with W-U, like Wunder, <laughs> Wunderlist. Um, it's basically, it's a pretty simple to do list, but what it does is sync across phones and computers and everything else. So that's a little productivity thing that I use every day.
0: Powerful. So Lee, this is the last question. It's my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days?
1: It really provides a neat kind of thought experiment, I think. And my answer is something that I often tell people who are just getting started in making media. And I think the basic idea is is look for a problem that needs solving. And in my specific example, I would immediately start looking for what is an important subject, whatever it is, that is currently misunderstood, that if it could be understood, would unleash something in people. And I would start making some kind of media that explained that thing, that that solved that explanation problem, that helped people see this in a new light. And I think that there's really power in helping people see an idea from a new perspective that makes them want to act on it or motivates them in some way. And they're all around us all the time. And I think in the situation you described, there would surely be something that I could identify that I could look at and say, I can explain that better. And if I do, then I might be able to attract some attention. And if I can attract some attention, then there's uh, a business to be built around that.
0: Lee, love it. And you've just given us great actionable advice that will benefit our listeners on their journey. So thank you. You are welcome. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then tell us how we can connect with you and your company, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Sure. Let's see. Parting advice, I would say... uh, involves explanation itself and I think that if you're having a problem being understood I think you should take a step back and think about the idea that you're trying to relate and write it down just take a few minutes and type out or write out the ideas you're trying to express and then think about them not from your your experience but from the experience of someone else and think about how those ideas would relate to them and I think that simple act of writing out what you're trying to do will help you see it differently. And then you can use that, use those words in whatever form you want. But it helps you organize your thoughts and think about your audience. And that's a really powerful thing. Uh, you can find me at commoncraft.com. I'm also at Leela Fever, my name on Twitter. And you can learn more about the art of explanation at artofexplanation.com.
0: Lee, we'll be linking all this up at the show notes, entrepreneuronfire.com slash leelafever. Also, the links that you've mentioned, listeners can go directly to. Thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thanks so much, John.
0: Fire Nation, what great idea do you have brewing inside you? Enough brewing. Take powerful action today. Go grab your domain and get your website up. I've created a simple seven-minute tutorial that will walk you through acquiring your domain for free all the way to your first post. Go to eofirewebsite.com to access this great tutorial, your free domain, and much more. That's eofirewebsite.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com. Your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.